Okay, so this month is all about giving, and what we've uh, themed it, and uh, you can laugh at this a little bit if you want, but we've themed this month uh, Giftober. And uh, uh, obviously in Canada, uh, uh, October is uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is obviously in October. But for us, I want us to take a little bit of a different look at it this year, and I really hope to do it again in the future, that we would look at this month more of how we can give to others uh, than anything that we would receive um, or even just beyond giving thanks to the Lord for what he's done, but actually put that thanks into action by uh, giving to uh, some causes that I'll just uh, highlight today. So today is just me sharing uh, what God has put on our hearts, our, on the leadership of our church, and what we want to see God do through us. So I've been so excited, uh, waiting for today to come. We've been planning for this month for quite a while. Uh, every church that I've been a part of, uh, I've seen great commitment and generosity towards missions in one form or another. You know, sometimes uh, we give directly to missionaries, and we've done that before. Uh, sometimes we give directly to food projects, uh, aid projects that are directed to particular nations and people groups around our world. Uh, in the, uh, well, coming up in just a little bit, uh, many churches like ours are going to give shoe boxes so that kids across the world can receive something uh, just for them in the name of Jesus. Uh, so we're going to do that as well. But I've learned that literally some of the most generous churches across our country come right from our own region here. Did you know that? Some of the most generous churches come from right here. They don't come from uh, British Columbia. They don't come from Newfoundland. Uh, they don't come from Nova Scotia. They come from, well, I'm sure some of them do. Sorry. I don't mean to say there is zero there. and That's not true. But uh, some of them come from right here in our own backyard. Uh, they aren't bigger churches or smaller churches. They're not far away churches. They're not rich churches. They are churches just like ours. There's nothing special about them. They're just regular folks uh, doing amazing things for God. Uh, sometimes we convince ourselves that people who are movie stars and rock stars, technology uh, inventors and athletes are responsible to give back to our world. And the truth is many of them do uh, feel that sense of responsibility and they do give back. Some don't, of course, but many do. Church, I believe that we have a responsibility to give back to our world, to give uh, of the, the fruit of our labor back to God, more than we already do. I had a, a favorite radio show. I don't listen to it a lot anymore because the host changed. But uh, I have a favorite, had a favorite radio show that used to, every few years, raise money at Christmas for schools uh, to be built in uh, community uh, in developing countries, and that those schools would transform their communities uh, in those developing nations. Uh, one of the encouragements that the host would say on this radio show is, uh, they would say, "If you give, it'll make you feel really good." And he was being honest, uh, but there and they'd also say there was no better feeling than giving money to charity, giving money to these causes. Uh, it was one of those moments that really made me think, yes, it's obviously good to give to charity. We all would agree with that. But you see, we don't give, Christians don't give to make ourselves feel good. We give because it glorifies our Father in heaven. That's why we give. It's not because, oh, I I'm, I'm feel like I'm an awesome person because I gave five bucks at the Costco line when they were raising money for some hospital. No, we give because we can do that, but we also give because it glorifies God. The Father can take 
that little seed that we give of ours and grow it to something that is beautiful, that is so amazing and so awesome. This morning, uh, my Twitter feed, I don't know why I go on Twitter on Sunday mornings. I just have this habit. It's weird. But uh, I go on Twitter every day. I shouldn't say that. But anyways, uh, it's not just Sundays. Anyways, but uh, on my Twitter feed, on Sundays, churches from around the world that I follow, they fill up my timeline because they just post. And I have a favorite church in Uganda. And uh, I remember those early days when people in this part of our world first gave uh, into that ministry in Uganda. Churches just like ours, churches like ours have actually given uh, to that ministry. And today it is this thriving church that is one of the greatest churches around the world. God used our small gifts, our small seeds, and planted them and used them for his glory. A whole nation has been changed because of uh, people's faithfulness. Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 19 to 21, and will be familiar to many of you. Let's read it together. Uh, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up yourself for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Today, I want you to remember this one thing, all right? Can you remember this one thing? Well, two things. Remember, give Tober. The second thing is remember this. Put treasures in heaven. Put treasures in heaven, all right? So today, you know something is coming. I've uh, been talking about it here, give Tober. What is it? What is it that we're talking about? So you were given this sheet with your bullets in. If you don't have one of these, raise your hand and uh, someone will come. Okay, Mike and Sue don't have them in the back there. Queen in the front here. We got some folks. All right, Michelle, you got to be a track star and run around and uh, hook people up. Just keep your hands raised if you don't have one of these. Uh, these this is just in short the uh, causes that we will be supporting uh, coming up. You were given this sheet, and I'm sure uh, many of you have probably already taken a look at it. You've been running your uh, eyes through it, reading it. And we have three unique projects that we will be giving to in this month of giving. Uh, We will be collecting food items for our local food bank and attached on this uh, sheet is a list of items that are of greatest need for the food bank in Espanola, all right? And so what we're gonna do is we're going to, uh, when we go through the grocery store, we're gonna remember that uh, we're gonna, grab a few items you know maybe you can buy a can of chili uh maybe you can buy canned tomatoes you pack grab that off the shelf or maybe you have something in your own cupboard you can give this on that list and we're going to make sure that the items aren't expired and that we don't give items that will blow up all right uh, combustible because they're so rotten all right we'll give quality stuff but we're just going to uh, get, uh we're going to come together and do these things you know what's funny is uh, my uh, son Leland has been telling me about some of the stuff they're doing at their school for the food bank. And these uh, teenage girls came by our house on Friday, uh, and they were so nervous they couldn't speak. They just were, you know, when, I, don't know I don't know if you have daughters like this or granddaughters, but sometimes teenage girls, when they get so excited, they just, <laughs> like they just, they just laugh for no reason. And uh, my, anyways, they came to the door, and they're like, uh, and, they, and they spit out, we're taking uh, collections for the food bank. So I went in the cupboard and grabbed a few things. And my kids said, why are they laughing? And I just said, well, they're just nervous. They don't know us. So, but it was kind of funny. Anyways, I, I, won't, I won't point them out. But anyways, 
It's good. So we're going to take up this chance to grab some uh, non-perishable uh, good items, and we're going to donate them. Uh, there are a number of suggestions on this list of items, so either take a few items at the grocery store next time you're there, or look at your own shelf for a few items that you may not need, and you can give to someone who does need it. We're also going to collect clothes to donate locally, so make sure that you bring in gently, I'm emphasizing gently, gently use items and not your holy undergarments. All right, we want half decent stuff. So we're going to have some buckets. We're going to collect this food. We're going to collect these clothes. And we're going to give them to our community. And that's what, uh, two of the things we're going to do. Finally, we have a missions-focused component to our Givetober. Uh, we're going to financially do something awesome this month. We want to give at least, at least one whole water filtration system to a community in Honduras. All right? And that's on the front of your sheet. Uh, this bio-sand water filtration system will be used to make a difference in a whole community. Uh, not just one house, not just a couple houses, but a whole community. Uh, when I was in Africa, the church there, they put in uh, water. Uh, they actually do drill wells, but they drill wells for their orphanages. And if their orphanage is in a community, they let the whole community come and take water for free. You know, we have, oh man, you guys know there's so many lakes, like it's crazy. And we live in a country that we are so rich with clean water, basically. And so many countries around the world aren't. So we're going to do something about it. And uh, so we're going to raise uh, $2,103 to be exact. And that will put in a whole uh, biosand filtration system. Uh, I put a picture there. I'm not sure if that's the exact equipment that will be used in a school, but it will be the same concept. And uh, we're going to bless a whole school community uh, with this. It's going to be awesome. Now, here's the deal. I really think that, this is my opinion, we were going to raise for one, but I really think we can do three of these. All right? Because I did the math. And if each of us, uh, if, if each of us on a Sunday morning gave 60 bucks, so each person, not each family, but each person gave 60 bucks, we could knock this thing out of the park. All right? So I'm dead serious. Anyways, but we're going to go for one, and if we have money for two, we'll do two. If we have money for three, we'll do three. If we have money for 50, we will cover the whole country. With, uh, yeah, we'll just, uh, it'll be awesome, all right? So that's, that's our goal. And uh, I've actually, uh, Jason had this great suggestion to have some giving, uh, w some way to track our giving. So we actually have giving meters posted around the church. So as you'll see, shout out to Jason, as you'll see, it's at $0 right now because we don't have any money for it. But as we give each week, we'll give each week. It's not one Sunday we're going to come together. So you can give today. You can give next week. Just write Biosand Filters uh, on, your, uh, on the offering envelope or whatever, or just give it to me and be like, this is for a sand filter. I don't know. Whatever you got to do, let us know, and we'll, we'll update those charts accordingly. So every week starting today, we'll bring items, make donations to these causes. All right? So we're going to do something locally, and then we're going to do something in another part of our world. Isn't that awesome? All right, cool, good. I'm glad that was better feedback than I got earlier for some stuff. So that's good. So our financial goals uh, will be updated each week, just as I mentioned, and we're going to track together. I believe that we can do more than raise enough money for just one of these, as I mentioned. If we all gave over and above financially, I believe that we could do so much. Even in our own closets, there's, they're probably overflowing with stuff. Uh, my, some people in my family, I won't call them out, but some people in my family have this thing where you only need 
uh, two or three pairs of pants, one pair of shoes, so they like always chucking stuff out. If you're like that, awesome. Bring all your extra stuff uh, this, uh, this month, and we'll take care of it for you. Ultimately, when we think of giving above and beyond, it can be intimidating at times. H- how many of you have been intimidated about giving above and beyond? I have been, all right? I remember a number of years ago, when we lived in Mississauga, we often got door-to-door sales for people for different items and uh, different whatever. It was annoying. But one time, a fellow came from a charity. It was always funny in Toronto because they hired teenagers to do the door-to-door sales. They didn't care if they got killed or whatever. But uh, they don't knock on my door, kid. Anyways, but uh, one time, this young guy came for a charity, and I was in a good mood, so I tried to politely decline his request and move on with my day. I was just like, not today, pal. And so anyways, he persisted and started to criticize me for my lack of generosity. And I was like, this is an interesting turn of events. And so I explained to him that I give to other charities. I actually told him how much I give percentage-wise of my income. Not that it was any of his business, but I thought I needed to teach him a lesson. And uh, he, was, he was like, wow. <laughs> and he's like, that's really good, sir. I'm like, see, I do give, just not to you, sucker. But... Uh, <laughs> Anyways, I, I, I showed him off and said, have a nice day. The truth is, by nature, I know everyone in this room is generous. I know that you're generous. I know because I've seen your generosity. I'm not standing here saying none of you are generous. You're all generous. Generosity isn't just giving money. It's also our time, our resources, our energies, our talents, our abilities. That's part of being generous. I've mentioned this before. But you and I are very, very wealthy. We are very wealthy people. So I'm going to try a live demo, and you're going to have to pray that it works, all right? In uh, professional preaching classes, which I've never taken, but uh, they tell you not to do stuff like this, but I'm going to do it anyways, all right? So I'm going to ask you in a second here to look up on the screen, and I'm just going to, I wanted to do this uh, live so that no one was confused. So here's what we're going to do. Is it there? We got blue, we got blue, oh, we got some. Okay, so we're going to do this. I've got some stats, and I'm going to put them into the computer here. See, this is my computer. You can see it moving around. Woo! All right, and I'm going to put them live into this website. If you have a phone or something like that with you, you can do this along with me. Just go to globalrichlist.com. It's nothing fancy. Uh, This is put together by a charity in the UK, all right? So this is just to show us uh, how wealthy we are. So... Uh, Here's a few stats. So two-parent families with children in Canada, the uh, median income, so this is what the average two-parent family in Canada earns with children, they earn $76,900 a year. So this is is stats I found this week. If you like, I don't make that much money. I'm married. I got kids. Don't worry about it. It's just the average of our country, all right? And uh, so there you go. So we're going to punch that in. So if, you, if uh, someone who makes that medium income in Canada, you are in the 0.19% richest people in the world. See this right here? That's that person that makes that money in Canada. Isn't that crazy? All right, let's do another one. So for seniors' families, the median income in Canada is $52,300. All right, we'll cover everyone. Don't worry. And uh, so here we go. <laughs> Get closer. Oh, that's funny. All right, you are in the top. 0.55% of wealthiest people in the world. Can you believe that? Isn't that crazy? All right, so then we have another stat here. Uh, this is for lone parent families, so single parent families headed by a woman. 
All right. And uh, just to be completely transparent. All right. So $39,100. So this is a single mom, which she would earn in Canada on average, $39,100. She would be in the top 1.2% of wealthiest people in the world. Now, if you're a lone parent, uh, lone single mother earning $39,100 a year, you probably do not feel like you're in the top 2% of the wealthiest people in our world, right? You probably don't feel that way. Now, here's one even better. All right, this is one that we can all relate to at one point or another in our life. Uh, the minimum wage in Ontario is $1,400 uh, an hour. No, it's not. <laughs> I would be in <laughs> Give me that job. All right, no. Uh, the minimum wage in Ontario is $14 an hour. So I did the math. And uh, don't do the math because every once in a while I get it wrong. So uh, anyways, I figured that was $26,880 a year. So if you earn minimum wage in Ontario, you are in the top 3.29% wealthiest people in the world. Think about that. That's crazy how wealthy we are. Even uh, someone who earns uh, minimum wage, nothing wrong with that. If we earn minimum wage, we are still in the uh, we are 3.29% uh, richest person in the world. So you can uh, go to globalrichless.com. You can punch in your family's uh, earnings per year, and you can figure it out. Or you can there's another way to track it by overall wealth. But the truth is, I hope you get the point that I'm trying to prove here. We are extremely wealthy. Let's go back to uh, the two family incomes. So that was the highest one I shared earlier. So you are super wealthy. You're in the 0.19%. You are the whatever that number is. So we're going to keep on going. In one hour, you make uh, $40 an hour. This is before taxes, of course. Uh, you earn uh, $76,900 in one year. It would take the average laborer in Ghana 371 years to earn the same amount of money. Think about that. All right? I know people from Ghana, so it hits home for me. Uh, thir- are, are you thirsty? For, it takes us... Uh, one minute and nine seconds to buy a pop. If we're a laborer in Zimbabwe, it uh, takes us a long time. It'll take uh, more than an hour to earn that kind of money just to buy one soda. All right, let's go a bit further. Uh, your monthly income could pay the monthly salaries of 259 doctors in what he said. Okay, thank you. <laughs> there you go. I was going to try it, but I'll just leave it all. Anyways, the point is, you guys can go here later. I'm not going to waste uh, more of our time there. The point is, is that we are incredibly, incredibly wealthy. In case you didn't know, we are incredibly, incredibly wealthy. So what do we learn from this? Despite how we sometimes feel, we are very wealthy. I don't know everyone's personal financial situation, of course, but I do know that I'm among some of the most wealthiest people in the world. I don't know if you've thought of yourself that way recently, but we are among some of the most wealthiest people in the world. It's not because we're special or that we're so talented that we deserve all this money. It's because we are privileged to live and work in this nation. That's why if we were born in many other countries, it wouldn't be the same. So today let's turn to scripture, the scripture we read earlier, because it is going to be our guide This scripture is actually one of my favorite scriptures. It centers us on our life in Christ. So we'll read it again from the book of Matthew, 
Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither, uh, uh, where neither moth uh, rust destroys and where thieves not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I read this uh, earlier this week. In 1992, there was a survey. People were asked how much money they would, need, what they would have to make to have the American dream. Those who earn 25000 or less a year thought they would need around $54,000 to attain that American dream. Those in the $100,000 annual income bracket said that they could buy the dream for an average of $192,000 a year. These figures, in, uh, these figures indicate that we typically think we would have to, have to, uh, we'd have to double our income in order to find that good life that we all dream of. But the Apostle Paul had the right idea in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. He said, now godliness, with, uh, now godliness with contentment is a great gain. Godliness with contentment is a great, contentment is a great gain. You see, like I said earlier, put treasures in heaven. Put treasures in heaven. Another commentator noted this. The master does not say it is wrong to possess earthly treasure. He does say it is wrong to lay it up for, for ourselves. We are to hold it as stewards. You see, treasures on earth aren't bad. It's not that treasures here are bad, but when we lay them here and treat them as objects more than what they are, it's problematic for our faith. When we treat them for more than they are, it's problematic. You see, earthly treasures have no intrinsic value. There's there's no value to our earthly treasures when it comes to the Lord. So the Lord challenges us not to hoard them or hold on to things. As uh, many of you know, uh, my uncle passed away if, uh, just a couple months ago now. A couple weeks ago, I got one of his belongings as our family is kind of dispersing some of what he had. Uh, he was actually good at not possessing much on this earth. You see, I'm reminded every day that because of what's being passed down to me, that the only thing you can take with you to heaven is souls. That's it. You can't take anything else. Literally, nothing is taken with you to heaven. Not even your body. It stays here. Think about that. Not even your flesh is taken with you. It just stays here. The Gospel of Matthew teaches that detachment from earthly objects is a good thing. That's what we learn from the book of Matthew is that detachment from earthly objects is a good thing. In fact, Jewish culture teaches us that the heart, when the, when the word heart was used in Jewish culture uh, at the New Testament time, the heart is what was at the center of intelligence in their culture. The Jewish heart was so important. It was central to who they were. Literally, people's actions are shaped by what they cherish the most, by what we cherish the most. That's what our actions are shaped by. You see, we learn uh, through history, literally, that a spirit of poverty can lead to us uh, coveting all material things. That's what the spirit of poverty does in us. When we've grown up in a world, and this happens everywhere in the world, even in Canada, when we've grown up in a world of nothing, we hoard everything around us. The good, the bad, the valuable, the garbage. Arlene claims much of what I own is garbage. That's her, and she, can, she can't deny it. It's the honest to goodness truth. I have 
uh, very special vinyl records that she says are garbage. I have, very, I have a very particular CD collection that I've kept with me. That's garbage in her mind. Uh, and most of what I own, in fact, seems to be garbage to her. But the truth is, is that we, no matter what we have, whether it's actually valuable by earthly standards, or if you have stuff like me, apparently it's not valuable at all, uh, it doesn't matter. We, it's just we cannot take it with us. Just like in the note I shared a few moments ago, we always want more. Think of those people in that study. They just want to double their income. How many of you thought, if I doubled my income, it would just solve all of my issues? I thought that. I, I, thought, I actually thought that was a good idea at one point in my life. I thought, if only I could double it, that would fix everything. No, that's not the truth. We always want more. We grow up with one set of standards, and most of us will push to achieve more. I remember reading stats years ago that compared my generation to those of my parents and grandparents. Many of my generation crave for more and more material gain at all costs. At all costs, literally. We see this in credit reports of our country. So many people have leveraged their entire wealth, their entire Everything they have, their home, their uh, investments, everything, it's all leveraged just to pay for the possessions that they desire. That's something that's happening in our country today. It's true. But Jesus tells us this, to put our treasures in heaven. That's where he tells us to put our treasures, put them in heaven. The scripture teaches us that heavenly treasures are everlasting and incorruptible. Did you realize that? Heavenly treasures are everlasting and incorruptible. One commentator wrote, Treasures in heaven give enjoyment now in the contentment and sense of well-being that comes from being a giver. I'll read it again. Treasures in heaven give enjoyment now in the contentment and sense of well-being that comes from being a giver. It's been said, I read this, I thought it was clever. You've heard some of these things before. It's being said that a moving truck doesn't follow a hearse, right? It doesn't. The pharaohs of Egypt were buried with gold and treasures to take into the afterlife, but everything was left behind, right? We've seen it. Everything was left behind. This is, I love this one the best. Gold to us on this earth is precious, right? It's precious. But think about it. God uses gold to pave the roads in heaven. (laughs) Think about it. Isn't that crazy? Oh my goodness. Jackie, could you help me here? Thank you. You see, we can take our treasures, we sort excuse me, we can't take our treasures to heaven. We know this. But the good that has been done for the kingdom of God through the use of our gifts lasts for eternity. Uh, There's been times in... uh, recent history, not in my lifetime, but in recent history, where I've learned about all sorts of tragedies that have happened in our country, in America, in other countries around the world. And I always thought, how could Christians just stand by and appear to do nothing? How could that happen? I I, I can't put it together. I, I, I can't make it work. But church... God has been speaking to me uh, for the last few years. There are atrocities happening in our world today. And we need to do something about it. 
So for me, our church in Espanola, we're going to put biosand filters in a community so that people have clean water, something that we just turn the tap on for, of course. Because that's what we can do today to help someone else. Those gifts that we send down to Honduras, that will last for eternity. That's not just a one-time payment, help someone out, and then we move on. Those seeds will be sown for eternity. There's, I just picture kids down there. Can you put up that screen there, Val, with the, uh, the Honduras screen? Yeah, that one. Uh, I, I, just, I don't mean to uh, pick out these children in any way, but they're standing by one of these filters with this one in their house. And I just think there's kids in our world. They don't know us. They'll likely never know who we are. But we can help them. We can turn a tough day into a good day for them. This is like, something like water, we know this. It's a game changer for people. It's a game changer for us. <laughs> Around town, they've been cleaning the, I don't know, the water system and all the sludge comes out or whatever. I don't know. I, I was like scared the other day. They showed up at the house. I was like, oh, what are we going to do, you know? The truth is that's some people's life. Brown water always comes out of their taps or wherever they draw it from. The work God does through us with faithful giving will last for eternity. That's why this month we are taking time out to give. Givetober is more than an ask in any way. It's, more, it's much more than that. We're looking at these photos of these kids and families that are going to access these biosand filters. Church, each day we walk past uh, we say hello to, maybe even visit with those who access local food banks in our community because that's the only option they have. They need it. We all have lightly used clothes in our closets that maybe someone gave us or we purchased foolishly and never used. But these gifts can be used immensely in God's kingdom. Church, I'm being blunt today. I'm going to challenge us to make a difference locally and in God's kingdom this year. We're not to just hoard our wealth in any way and enjoy it in our, uh, for just ourselves. But God wants us to use it to change someone's life. So let's collectively put treasures in heaven this month. I thought of this last night. Let's put lots of treasures in heaven. Amen. Let's put lots. We all are tremendously blessed. Tremendously. I know each one of us has, a different, has different financial uh, responsibilities. I'm not here to criticize any of them. But let's make a difference in this month, in Givetober. Let's put more treasures in heaven than treasures here on earth, where they'll just be destroyed by rust and bugs and all sorts of crazy things. But they'll just be destroyed here. Let's put it in heaven. <laughs>